me to Psalm number three. Psalm number three. This morning we preached from, from Psalms, and uh, tonight, Psalm number three. I told my wife this afternoon, I said, it just, my sermon, it seems to uh, remind me a lot of the sermon this morning. And, uh, you know, when God speaks to your heart in a week to preach something, uh, sometimes that thought is in your mind as you're preparing. And uh, I start out, like a tomorrow morning, I start out with working on my Sunday school lesson and Wednesday night, getting things together there and, and going right down, getting all the sermons together. And sometimes they seem to, to blend together because I think the thoughts kind of eat there and God just shows me some things to get. And sometimes we just need a right and a left, amen. And uh, we just sometimes need uh, need a little bit more. And so tonight, I believe that's Again, this is just a short little psalm, Psalm number 3, verses 1 through 8. We'll read it all. I'll read verse 1, join me on verse 2, so on down through verse number 8. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, There is no help for him in God, Selah, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid me down and slept. I waked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people, Selah. The title of my message tonight is this, Complaining or Confidence. Complaining or Confidence. And uh, we, we do one or the other. We either complain or we have confidence in the Lord. And uh, I think we're going to understand by the end of this message, it all depends on what we want to do. Complain or have confidence in the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to bless. Father, thank you for this time. Help us now as we open the word of God, as we bring this message, give me the words to say, and Holy Spirit, anoint what is being said tonight, and move in our midst, speak to our hearts, that we be tender to the things of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. In a world where there's a lot of depressing things going on, it is sure good to be encouraged. And I find in this psalm here an encouragement here. Stories in, 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 in the psalms are, are stories about the lives of God's people. And, uh, and David is the writer here, by the way. And, and, uh, uh, and, and the psalms are the stories of God's people, just like the old hymns of the hymnal. Uh, sometimes we we we, re, we sing those songs and and it's it's more than just the melody, you know. I I had said last week one of the songs that I I really love uh, um, is is a, is a is a song that has a tune I don't love, and uh, uh, I'm, right now I'm trying to think of the words of it. Oh, happy day! You all know it, don't you? You're all giggling about it, and uh, I I don't like the tune, but I love the words. And so I'll be all right with the tune. And uh, I, I can't remember now if the same person wrote the tune as the words. Do you know, Seth? I didn't. I have to look that look that up there and see if they did. But uh, what the song there, you know, about Oh Happy Day. And I thought, you know, uh, they, these old hymns, the songwriters, 
they wrote. I think about other songs we could go in uh, into tonight and talk about. And, and, and really, the, the old hymns are about people's lives, things they learned about the Lord, and, uh, and, and really a message in every song. And that's why I'm so glad. I'm glad we're not following the bouncing ball on the walls. Amen. I'm, not, I'm glad we don't have to have a set of drums to get us excited. I'm glad that we can have some words that I believe will excite us as we stop and think about it. And so the Psalms are like about people. But they're, they're about people like you and I. And we have this idea, I think, sometimes to think that maybe those of the past were different than us. But they were made just like us. They had the same feelings as we do. And, and of course, they didn't have all the, the, the things that we have today. Uh, but they had the most important, and that was they had the Lord. And uh, they found that God's presence was there, and God blessed them. And, and uh, uh, I, I think, that, you know, that, it, that he gives us these psalms. And so many times when we read the psalms, we find the help that we need. I, I think about the, the message of this psalm here. Uh, has as something for those that are going through a rough time and those that are not going through a rough time but they're really having a enjoying a mountaintop experience until the next valley they go through that's life isn't it i thank the lord for the mountaintop experiences but you know you ever stop and think about it uh, one of the beauties of a mountaintop is looking down into the valley i remember when we first moved out here and actually before we even moved here uh, first time I came to Pennsylvania, my brother and I came, and then the next time I came back out, I brought my wife with me, and I remember I wanted to take her up to Royer Mountain up on top, and uh, I, I couldn't find it. I was all over Reservoir Road trying to find this mountain, and I just couldn't find it because I was new around here, and finally I found it. I remember driving to the top of that, and I just, I was amazed because back in Indiana, it was all flatlands. And uh, so I got up there on top of Royer Mountain, and I said, look at that. It was so beautiful. But you know what that was? It was a valley out there. The valleys are beautiful because of the mountaintops. But I find also this, too. As I'm driving through a valley, I look and I see the mountaintop. So even when I'm in the valley, I have a blessing there. And I think, you know, in the Christian life, we're going to go through some valleys, and we're going to go through some mountaintop experiences. There's going to be a lot of days that are going to be glorious days. And there's going to be days that are not so glorious. There'll be days when we'll cry, days when we'll have troubles and heartaches, and that's what happens. But we find here David is saying some things to us about his life, and we talked this morning about David's life, a man after God's own heart. And, and, and we find that David is, is it, it, kind of, it kind of brings it to us like this. Either we've got we to gotta do one of two things. Either we complain or we have confidence in God. Because we're going to, I mean, if you want something to complain about, life has things to complain about. But also in life is the Lord. And we can put our confidence in Him. My confidence is not in the government. My confidence is not in the White House. Amen. My confidence isn't in, the, in, in, in any, anybody there really in Washington at all. My supplies are not met by Washington. My supplies are met by God. Washington could never give me eternal life. It has a hard time trying to give me a good life. But God gives me eternal life, and so my confidence is in him. So David begins to tell us about the plight of life and what was happening in his life. We find it in verses 1 and 2, and I, I, I think it's amazing the way he says this. And I, I don't believe that he was complaining here. He was stating a fact. Look what it says in verses 1 and 2 as he states his plight. 
He said, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Now, think about this. David is, if, 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 if you stop and think about what was the, the background of this psalm here, David wrote this psalm when he was fleeing from his son Absalom. We'll talk about that in a moment there. But here, David is, is, is not complaining here, but he's stating a fact. And look at verse number two. He says, Many there be which say of my soul, there is no hope for him in God. Doesn't the world say that to us today? They say, There's no hope in God. Why, you don't have any hope in him. Why do you put your faith in a God you cannot even see? That's what the world says. David was not complaining about what they were saying, but he was just pointing out. That's what they say. You know, it's a wise thing for us not to listen to what the world has to say. We've got to listen to what the Word of God says. The world says that, you know, that there was an explosion and the world came. My Bible tells me in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, my Bible tells me a whole lot different than what this whole world tells me today. I can believe the Word of God. But here's David, again, a man after God's own heart who spent most of his life, though, on the run. Running and trying to uh, run uh, uh, and stay away from troubles, and yet troubles seemed to find him all the places he went. And here, David here was, 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 was uh, fleeing there because of Absalom, his son. Now, remember, David, as a young man, kept his father's flocks. And uh, he was a very obedient da- uh, uh, son. He did what his dad said. You know, we need to, you know, I, I, every business you go in today, you see signs about, you know, please be patient with us. You know, I, I saw a sign just the other day. He said, be patient. A- at, least, at least somebody showed up today. And uh, because a lot of business today, they don't have anybody to do the job and, and, and uh, 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 don't stay at the job very long. They can't. Uh, I've been to a restaurant one time. They said, I'm sorry, it's going to take a little while because our cook just left. Now, I don't know about you. If you go to restaurants, you need a cook. And, uh, and, and so the, the people were jumping in. They did the best job they, did, they could. But I think, you know, that, that's really sad. But, you know, David was not that kind of fellow. David did what his father told him to do. He took care of the flocks. There was not a lot of people to see what he was doing, but he did what his daddy told him to do and, and did his job well, I believe. And, and uh, he, 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 he kept his father's flocks, but then one day God chose him, now think about this, to be the king. My little shepherd. What was the big job? Taking care of some sheep. I look out there, you know, there's some sheep out there in the field and up in that field. And you go up around the curve, there's some up in that field too. There's a bunch of sheep all around here today. Now you hear the kids all mimicking the sheep bah, as they're walking in. Not only the kids, but sometimes the preacher does that too. And the dads, I've heard. But uh, I, I, I get a kick out of them. It's like we have a little conversation. My wife says, you talking to them again? Yes, I'm talking to them again. At least they respect my talking more than what she... Ne- never mind. Uh, where was I at here? But uh, yes. <laughs> but uh, um, he would take care of his father's sheep. But now all of a sudden God said, I want you to be the king. What a change. But God saw a young man that did what he's supposed to do. And God says, I, I'm going to have you be the king, and he's going to be anointed the king of Israel, and things are going to change, and life changed in, in his, things change in his life, some for the better and some for the worse. You say, but if God is calling to be the king, how could something be of the worst? I think of the better because as God had important work for David to do, because he was going to establish an everlasting kingdom and a throne that Jesus would one day sit upon. Well, wasn't that exciting to think about Christ is coming back and sit upon the throne of David? 
So that was happening way back yonder. So that, there was a big change in his life, and that was, that was good. But also for the worse was this, from shepherding the sheep, those four-legged sheep out in the field, that all they did was bah, to shepherding God's sheep called Israel, who did more than just bah. They griped, they complained. The fact is, the Bible says that they were a stiff-necked people. So his life changed for the worse. Now he's got these people to put up with that are going to give him problems. And how, much, how easy it must have been to be the shepherd out there in that field taking care of those sheep where he could just call them like you see these sheep here. These sheep know when some of you come to church, don't they? You bring some food there and you hold it. I saw a seen a lady, she comes by every so often, she'll stop there and she throws, I think, everything that was in her refrigerator over the fence. I mean, she just dumps and dumps stuff over there. I'm like, good night, does she ever eat anything? She probably got a poor skinny husband at home, never feeds him, just keeps everything for those sheep. But she dumps all that, all that food. And those sheep, they know it, but what do they do? They come running. So much so that sometimes when I pull in the lane and I stop to get out of my car to check the mail, all of a sudden, one will look up and go, ah! And boy, all of a sudden, they come running to me. And then the horse, too, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that horse baas or not, but I think he does every so often. I saw the other day, he's standing there looking at and all the sheep are laying down, uh, just laying down in the grass. And he just looked around, looked around like this as I'm driving by. And he just laid down right next to him. I think he thinks he's a sheep. Big old galoot, amen. But those sheep, how easy it was when he was in the field taking care of the sheep. He could just say to them, hey, time to eat. Here, come on, bah. Boy, those sheep, they come running to him. <laughs> David's trying to take care of the children of Israel. God said, they're not like those sheep out in the field. They're stiff-necked people. And so David, in his life there, God called him to be the king. And what a great calling that it was but a great burden it was too for we find in his life that he spent months and even years on the run and until king saul died remember saul was after him his life was threatened he slept in caves he had to live in other countries because of saul's hatred for him Bible says in 1 Samuel 27, 1, And David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There's nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines, and Saul shall despair of me to seek me anymore in any coast of Israel, so, I shall, so shall I escape out of his hand. David thought, Saul's surely going to kill me, and I've got to try to escape, and here he was, the king. And yet there's someone wanting to kill him. God had chose him to be the king. In this psalm, he's on the run again. He's on the run not because of Saul. He's on the run because of his sorry son, Absalom. And he was a sorry son. He'd gone behind his daddy's back and he began to get people to follow him rather than follow the king. And he rebelled. Then he began to get some of David's counselors and his military men to follow him, Absalom. Caused all kinds of problems for his daddy. His dad was a good man. Remember, he was a man after God's own heart. But Absalom was a selfish man, and he wanted this. 
he's causing problems. So I'm looking at David, I'm thinking, man, poor fella. All the difficulties he must have had in life. I mean, what a great calling there to be the king of Israel. And yet what happens to know that Saul for all this time tried to kill him. And then what happens, he becomes the king. And now his son has rebelled against him and stealing away those that were supposed to be working for him. I'm sure he thought, what a life for a king. But he also knew this, that his life was in the hands of God. Did you notice what he said? He said there in verse number two, many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. And he said, Selah, think about it. Think about what these folks were saying. Think of what they were, they, they were saying about me. You know, sometimes because of our faith, we will suffer. Because we say, well, I'm going to trust God. We may suffer even in our trusting of God. But you notice verse number three, what he said? But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. Now, when I read verses one and two, I find, boy, he's had a lot of problems there. And again, I don't believe that he was griping. I don't think he was complaining. I think he was ready to, to show us here of how that, that God was going to take care of him. Because then he goes into verse number three. He says, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. You know, I think that he wasn't complaining. But what he was doing was this, that he had confidence in the Lord. Let me tell you something tonight, folks. We can have confidence in the Lord, too. We have the same God that David had, amen. We have the same God that Moses had, the same God. We could go through everybody throughout the Bible there, the same God. You say, but preacher, you know, times have changed. Times have changed, but God has not changed. David said, Selah. He said, I want you to pause and meditate upon that. And it's funny that it came, Selah, after he said there's what they said about him, he said, think about it. And then he right away goes into verse number three and tells us the Lord's a shield for him. I think he was saying, hey, I want you to think for a minute because I'm about to say something real important. That God's my shield. I'm glad to tell you tonight he's my shield too. And he's your shield. Thank the Lord for that. You see, when we, when we rely on ourselves, we'll always come to a breaking point in life. I think, you know, I can do it. I can do it. And then what happens, we come and we get to this breaking point in our life and then we fall apart. But you see, if we rely on the Lord, we'll always find help because he is the one of endless power. We talked about that this morning. That I don't have all power, but God does. So when I rely upon him, I rely upon him because if I rely upon myself, I fail. I look at myself and I think sometimes, you know, well, I can do it. It's like pulling ourselves. I was talking to a Mennonite fellow last uh, Tuesday night out soloing, and I said, you know, and he was saying about people trying to do good works to go to heaven, and, and, and he, didn't, he didn't believe that. Amazing. And I said to him, it's like trying to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You can't do it. But when you rely on God, you always find help because his power is endless. We need to remember his eyes are always on his children. And his ears are always, always open to our cry. Amen. Any mom in here doesn't know the cry of their own child. You know your child's cry. All of a sudden you hear, we, all the kids go downstairs and just have one kid cry. That mom's going to know which one it is. You know the cry of your children. Us dads, we don't know. We don't, we don't care either. But uh, uh, what happens, you know, the, the mom says, man, I, I, know, I know that cry. I know who that is. That's my child down there crying. You know, mom knows it. Well, you know what? Our God knows our cry too. You know, God doesn't have to. 
when I went to the eye doctor the other day, they come out and they go, Mark B. And I'm thinking, what, could there be a man in here named Mark B, B-E-A, or something like that, you know? And I, I got up because I figured, hey, I, if it's not me, I'm going to pretend it, it, you know, that, that it is me and so I can get ahead of Mark B. <laughs> so I went in, and she would never say my last name because she was afraid to say it. She, I'm, I'm sure she looked at it and thought, I can't be biter. Maybe it's bitter, but I don't know. I don't have two T's. I don't know. But uh, I, 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 thought, I thought, you know, how, how, crazy, how crazy that is, you know, that God knows, but God knows my name. He knows everything about us. He knows my uprising, my sitting down. He knows everything that goes on in my life, just like he knows you too. What a great God we have tonight. David understood that. He said, but thou, O Lord, art my shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. But he also knew that there was peace there. Look at verse number, uh, verse number uh, 4 and 5. It says, uh, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and, I, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. Uh, I mean, I, w- I want you to just stop and think about this for a moment here. Uh, first of all, that, that when he cried unto the Lord, the Lord heard his voice. He knew his voice and uh, knew everything about him. I'm glad tonight that God knows everything that's going on in our lives. What a great God we have. Then he said in verse number five, he says, I laid me down and slept. I waked for the Lord sustained me. You know, I think about how wonderful it is to lay down and go to sleep. Isn't that a good thing? Wake up now. (laughs) It's a good thing to lay down and go to sleep. It's another thing to sit in church and go to sleep. But a wonderful thing to lay down and go to sleep. And how wonderful it is this afternoon. I I I was trying to do some reading. And I, in fact, in my notes, I was going over my notes, and I, I, I think I told, I told somebody this, Mark, wasn't it? I said, he said, you have a nice day, Dad? I said, yeah, I had a pretty good day. I said, I was working my notes there, and I was underlining stuff I would do. And I said, I, I kept nodding on my, on my, while I was writing my notes, and my pen just kind of went all over the place. I said, so I'm going to warn you now, it's a boring sermon. <laughs> it's got to be boring when the preacher falls asleep studying for it, isn't it? But uh, I, I was just, I got, I was so sleepy, and, and uh, I finally, I, I got all finished, and I put my pen away, I closed my Bible up, and I, I was sitting in my chair, and I put my feet up, and I laid back in there, oh, isn't that nice? And just all of a sudden, you go into na-na land, and you fall asleep, and then you wake up, and you feel refreshed, amen? Unless you sleep too long, then you wake up grumpy. Anybody do that today? Don't don't raise your hand if you did, all right? But what happens? You wake up and, oh, my, how refreshing. Isn't it refreshing to wake up? Amen. You know, I mean, if, if, you've, if you've ever, ever, ever even if you went and had surgery, I, every time I've had some surgery in that, and whenever they, when they put me out, I enjoy it. I don't know what it is they give me, but I want to take some home. Amen. I mean, it is so good. They say, all right, now there's going to be a little pinch. I'm going, pinch away, baby. That's all right. And they go, put that stuff in my arm. And I go, I'm out. I don't care. Do whatever you want to. And then what happens, I wake up. And I remember when I had some teeth pulled one time, I was so out of it there. And, and they kept going, Mark, you got to wake up now. And I, go, I don't want to. And they said, we got it. We need somebody to come into the chair here. You know, come on. You got to at least come over to the other side. So help me up. And I'm walking like a drunk man trying to get over there. My wife said, honey, you got to wake up. I don't want to. They put me in the other chair. And I, I don't know if I was doing it or not, but in my mind, I'm like this. 
oh, it was so good. And we come walking out, and they're helping me. say, man, you got to go home now, you know. I mean, they're going to start ch- charging me rent. Been there so long, and uh, I'm walking out, and I say, can I have some of that to take home? <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes this whole, this whole life, when we, we get some sleep, we wake up, it's refreshing. You know what the Lord can do? He'll give us a refreshing too, won't he? How good is it to be saved? Amen. I mean, it's, you know, the thing is about that stuff that they give you wears off. What the Lord gives us never wears off. It's forever. The peace that he had. And the Bible said there, and he said that it sustained me. For the Lord sustained me. The word sustain has a twofold meaning. It means to rest oneself and to stand fast. We can find rest and we can also stand fast. We don't need to change. We don't need to change. You know, when Brother Duke comes here, and we haven't seen him for quite a few years, but I hope he sees this. We've not changed. And I, I believe this, I'll find in him he hasn't changed either. I thank the Lord there's no reason to change because he does not change. We find David's courage. Look at verse number 6. I will not be afraid. Afraid of what? <laughs> Ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. That's a whole lot of people. Not just 10,000, but ten thousands. Of people. And what have they done? They've set themselves against me round about. There were so many thousands of people that were against him. And yet, what happens? He, he said, I, I won't be afraid. I won't be afraid. Why? Because he had a great God. That's why. He's not complaining here. You know what he's doing? He's having confidence in God. He's not saying, well, all these people hate me. Yeah, he said this, but as a fact, not as a complaint. Because then he told us that I'll not be afraid. Because God will take care of me. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what's going to happen in this old world, but I don't think a lot of good's going to happen. But I know this, God will take care of us. Amen. I think about the folks in Sudan right now, what they're going through, and, and, and some of the other countries, and what, what's happening. I'm like, I... I just, I'm glad I live in America. America's a mess, but I'm glad I live here. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. But I, I, I think well, all, the, all the problems going on, but you know what? We don't have to sit here and worry and fret. We need to have confidence in God. Not complain, oh my, what is God going to do? God's going to do what he's going to do. You say, well, man, I'll tell you, this could all break loose real quick. <laughs> you know what? And it also, the sky could break loose too. And break wide open, we'll rise to be with him evermore. Amen. I'm looking forward to that. This robe of flesh I'll drop and rise to seize the everlasting prize. Look forward to it so much. Peace. And David had courage. He said, I will not be afraid of 10,000 people. So he had courage. You know, that's what we can have too, and that's what we need. Some courage to trust God. Amen. And then we find this too. I believe he finds still that God's in control and everything's under God's control. You know, God is never limited. God's power is unlimited. When you think of what God created, you think it's that hard for God to take care of us? To him, I think it's not really a big deal. I, but I'm going to do it, he says. And he takes such good care of us. And then David, in verse number 7, he remembers. He says, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. What's he doing? He's remembering what God has done already. 
You know, you know, you know, a wonderful thing is memories. Isn't it? I like to reminisce. You've heard me say that many times. I like to reminisce about things. Think about how things were. Not that I necessarily want to go back to that. But the memories, the wonderful memories. I was, I was going through some old pictures. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those nuts. I like, I like old pictures that we have of the, of the kids. And, and uh, you know, Mark and I used to be fishing all the time. And I haven't fished in, I don't know, a good many years now. And... Uh, I was looking at some when he was just, uh, you know, just a little bitty boy. And I watched and I saw those pictures as he got older and uglier, all just, uh, just, just, just like that as he grew up. And uh, I, I was putting those pictures, trying to put them in an order there uh, of that. And I, I thought, you know, how, how wonderful it is to, uh, to be able to have, have those, those memories. David was saying, I have memories that God takes care of me. You say, well, how did, how, what did he remember about? Well, I think he remembered about the lion that he killed one day and a bear. You know, in my living room was a bear, full bear standing there. I wanted to have him growling with his teeth, his teeth, his teeth sticking out, but my wife was afraid to scare the grandkids, and I could care less. But I, 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 that, that bear now, I'm thinking, you know, I, I killed that bear. But with a seven mil uh, 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 mm mag, uh, mag uh, rifles, what I what I killed it with, ladies and gentlemen, I did not kill it with my bare hands. I used my bare gun. David didn't have a seven mm mag. He had bare hands. Killed that bear. Not only killed a bear, he killed a lion. I don't know about you. I didn't kill one of them with a gun. But you know what? He said, you know, God took care of me when that lion came after me there. God took care of me when that bear came around. <laughs> he was saying this, why should I worry if 10,000 people hate me? Because God helped me. And he took care of me. But that wasn't all, because one day there was a giant out in the field, wasn't there? Out in that valley. And he says, is there not a cause? Won't somebody do something? And, and you know, David's going out there and they're thinking, what in the world is this little runt doing out there to kill this, to go out there with this? He's going to die. That little giant's going to squish him with his thumb. So he took that little uh, slingshot, threw that stone and hit him in the head, and he fell down and cut his head off. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Who was he? He was a shepherd boy. God took care of him. I'm, I'm thinking David's saying, you know, there are a lot of folks who hate me, but you know, I killed a lion one day with God's help. Killed a bear one day with God's help. Well, you know what? I even killed a giant with God's help. When the whole army of Israel stood back there shaking in their boots and went out there and did it, not because I'm such a big deal. He says, I know my God was the one who did it. And then also this too. God helped him out with that tyrant Saul. God saw him through with that too, didn't he? Oh, Saul ended up dying, and David there became that king. God took care of him. You see, if we'll be honest, we'll realize this. God will be there to carry us through all the valleys that we go through. Amen. And then verse 8. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. Isn't it amazing? He used this word Selah several times in the Word of God here, didn't he? 
He kept talking. He talked to me. He said, stop, think about it for a minute. You know, sometimes we read through. We don't even think about it. You ever read some of the Bible, and then you're thinking, what did I just read? That's why he puts the word seal in it. Stop, think about it. Think about what I'm talking about he's saying there. What does he do? He begins to praise the Lord for the salvation, deliverance through, uh, through or even the removal of the trials that was in his life. You know, God's able to take care of us through our trials, but he's also able to take some of our trials away. He's that good. Blessing despite all that the world can throw at us. You know, I'd have to say tonight that God is, we're blessed every minute of every day and every night because we have the Lord. Again, I, I think I said it this morning. I'll say it again. I'll say it a lot of times. I feel sorry for the lost people. They don't have the same God I have. They don't have them. They, they've never trusted Christ. And they look and say, oh, everything's falling apart. Yeah, this whole world's falling apart, but you know what? My God's not. The glories of heaven's not falling apart. And as I say so oftentimes, God's good all the time. He just always is. I know sometimes you look and say, but I don't know how's this be anything good. Just pay attention. God's good all the time. And God will see us through. I'm sure David sometimes hiding in the caves thinking, and as we read one of the verses there, he said, Saul's going to kill me. Saul didn't kill him. I'm sure many times he thought, my son's going to end up killing me. And the people that, that are turning against me, they're going to kill me. There's thousands of people. going." And what happens, he didn't do it. His, his faith was in God. So if God's good all the time, are you ready? Why do we complain? Why do we complain? We ought not be doing any complaining. We ought to have some confidence in the Lord. If anybody in the world ought to have confidence tonight, it ought to be God's people. Knowing God will take care of us. So when it comes down to it, complaint or confidence depends on you and me. I can complain about everything or I can have confidence in God when all these things happen. I think what I find here in this Psalm number three was David did this. God, I have my confidence in you. I mean, he laid it out what was happening from verse number one. How, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that, that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. I mean, these people said this. I mean, it came right down to it, that God's not going to help you, buddy. But God did, didn't he? It'll help you too. There'll be troubles no matter what as we're here in this old world. But thank the Lord, we don't have to complain. What we can do is have confidence in the Lord. But here it is. It's all up to you. It's all up to you. It's not up to me. It's not up to someone else. It's up to you how you handle it. Because God's there. You can complain or you can have confidence. I think it would be wise for us tonight to decide I will have confidence in the Lord. Amen. If you're here tonight, you're not saved, but you have nobody to go to. You need him. You need him. You need to call upon him. Be saved. And Christian, tonight, let's put our confidence in the Lord and stop our complaining. Father, thank you so much again for this time tonight. Thank you for the word of God, what we can learn from it in this psalm. Another small psalm here, but it's loaded with so much for us. 
And I pray that you would bless what's been said now and help us to take it home with us. Help us to make it a part of our lives. That we would quit complaining and start having confidence in you. Well, our heads bowed, our eyes closed this evening. Maybe you're here, you're not sure of salvation. I wonder if there'd be anyone tonight say, Preacher, if I died right now, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. But I'd like to know that. Preacher, pray for me. Would you slip your hand up? Anyone tonight? Preacher, I don't know that I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Christian, tonight, has God spoken to your heart? You may be going through a valley, but you know what? God's there in that valley. You may be going through some things that you think, well, I just don't see how, how, I can, how, how there's going to be any light to shine. But you know, you can put your faith in him. Stop complaining and have confidence in the Lord. I tell you what, you know what? It'll bless you and it'll bless all those around you too because nobody likes to hear the complaining. And what a testimony we can be if we'll have confidence. God spoke to your heart tonight. The altar will be open. You do what God says. Father, bless now in this time of invitation. I pray that you will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.